Welcome back, everyone. This is Americanism's podcast, and I'm your host, Thomas. Today, we will be picking a story from a treasury of North American folktales, compiled and annotated by Catherine Peck. Today's story comes from the section of Tall Tales. Today's story is called Remarks Made at the Hatchet Club. I'm going to start by reading through the story fully one time, and then I'm going to go back line by line and break down any unfamiliar vocabulary. That way, at the end, you can rewind, listen to the story again, and hopefully understand a little bit more than you did the first time. All right, here we go. Remarks at the Hatchet Club. Introduction. Liars clubs became popular during the 19th century, where people sat by the hour swapping tall tales, brags, and generally trying to outdo one another in exaggerating the truth. These liars' bench gatherings took tall tale telling out of the country store and turned it into a more formal type of public entertainment. And now for the full story. Talking about hard blows out west said Mr. Lewis of the Detroit Free Press at a meeting of the Hatchet Club, talking about heavy winds. Why, I saw a man out in Michigan sitting quietly on his doorstep eating a piece of pie. Suddenly, before he could get into the house, the wind struck him. The gale first blew the house down, then seized the man, carried him through the air a hundred yards or so, and landed him in a peach tree. Soon afterward, a friendly board from his own house came floating by. This he seized and placed over his head to protect himself from the raging blast and finished his pie. That was a windy day for Michigan, I presume, said Mr. William Nye of Laramie, but that would not compare with one of our Laramie Zephyrs. Why, gentlemen, out in Laramie, during one of our ordinary gales, I've seen boulders big as pumpkins flying through the air. Once, when the wind was blowing gravestones around and ripping water pipes out of the ground, an old Chinaman with spectacles on his nose was observed in the eastern part of the town, seated on a knoll, calmly flying his kite, an iron shutter with a long chain for a tail. That was quite windy said a Boston man, who had just returned from Nevada. We had some wind out there. One day I was passing a hotel in Virginia City. The cap blew from one of the chimneys. It was a circular piece of sheet iron, painted black, slightly convex, and the four supports were like legs. The wind carried it down the street, and it went straddling along like a living thing. Well, what was it? asked a member. Why, it turned out to be a bedbug from the hotel, and, by George, I never saw anything like it. Then he added, outside of Boston. You have seen some strong winds, gentlemen, observed Eli Perkins, but I have seen some frisky zephyrs myself, and, as tonight is the 22nd of February, the birthday of the patron saint of the Hatchet Club, I will tell you about them. Once, out in Kansas, they told me the wind blew a cook stove 80 miles and came back the next day and got the griddles. A reporter of the Kansas City paper was standing out in the street looking at the stove as it floated away 
when the wind caught him in the mouth and turned him completely wrong side out. In Topeka, continued Mr. Perkins, post holes were ripped out of the ground and carried twenty miles, and careless citizens who ventured out were blown right up against brick walls and flattened out as thin as wafers. Yes, thousands of citizens, continued Eli, were thus frescoed onto the dead walls of Topeka. The next day, after the wind subsided, Deacon Thompson went around with a spade and peeled off a wagon load of citizens, and... What did he do with them? gasped the members of the club. Why, gentlemen, if I remember rightly, he shipped them to Texas and sold them for circus posters and liver pads. Okay, so now I'm going to go back, read the story line by line, and break down any unfamiliar vocabulary. Remarks made at the Hatchet Club. This is the intro. Liars Clubs became popular during the 19th century. 19th century, that's 1801 until 1900, where people sat around by the hour swapping tall tales. Swapping means trading, exchanging. Tall tales are stories that are exaggerated. Tale, spelled T-A-L-E. Swapping tall tales, brags, and generally trying to outdo one another in exaggerating the truth. Outdo. Last episode, we had outshoot. Outdo, outrun. Outbid means to do something better or bigger or more than. You can call this one-upping. If I tell a story about the beach, and then you tell a story right after, that's about the beach, but it's more exciting than my story. We call this one-upping. These liars' bench gatherings took tall tale telling, say that ten times fast, out of the country store and turned it into a more formal type of public entertainment. A country store is just like a general store, a convenience store. Like imagine a 7-Eleven but in the country, and imagine it's the year 1805. One thing to note about this story is that everyone is in on the joke. So everyone understands that the stories aren't real. They're just entertained by how silly and how exaggerated, how much larger than life the stories are. That's the point. Okay, here's the story. Talking about hard blows out west, said Mr. Lewis. So, hard blows, he's talking about wind, strong wind, said Mr. Lewis of the Detroit Free Press. Detroit is in Michigan. Free Press, meaning a newspaper, at a meeting at the Hatchet Club, talking about heavy winds. Why? A quick thing about the whys in this story, you'll hear why a lot at the start of a sentence. This is an exclamation. This is not the question. It's like saying, are you okay? Why, yes. Meaning, yes, of course I'm okay. Why, I saw a man out in Michigan sitting quietly on his doorstep 
eating a piece of pie. That's pretty straightforward. Michigan is the state. Suddenly, before he could get into the house, the wind struck him. The wind struck him. Struck, the past tense of the verb to strike, to hit. The gale first blew the house down. Gale means strong wind. I actually remember being in the first grade, six years old, and learning this word gale for the first time. And then seized the man. The gale first blew the house down and then seized the man. Seized, grabbed him, took him, carried him through the air a hundred yards or so. Yards, one yard is about one meter. And landed him in a peach tree. Soon afterward, a friendly board from his own house came floating by. Friendly board. So a piece of wood from his own house came floating by. But we usually don't say that wood is friendly. But sometimes you can do this in writing. And there's a special word for this. It's called anthropomorphism. Anthropomorphism is when you give a human trait to a non-human thing, especially an inanimate object like a table or a chair or a cup. This he seized, so now he grabbed, this he seized and placed over his head to protect himself from the raging blast. Raging, strong. Rage is like anger, but it's stronger than anger. And finished his pie. So at the end of it, he enjoyed his pie. So after he finished his pie, another man comes in to one-up him. That was a windy day for Michigan, I presume. Presume, like assume, to think that, said Mr. Will- <coughs> said Mr. William Nye of Laramie. But that would not compare with one of our Laramie's efforts. So compare to weigh if something is similar or dissimilar than something else. That would not compare with one of our Laramie Zephyrs. Laramie is in Wyoming. So compared to the last guy, it's much further west. It's near Utah. It's about 1,300 miles from Detroit, Michigan. Now, I learned the word gale in the first grade, and I'm learning the word zephyr today. So, we're all learning here. Zephyr means a soft breeze. It comes from the Greek zephyrus, which was a personification of the god of the west wind. So, I guess zephyrus was the god of the west wind. So, that's where zephyr comes from. Why? Gentlemen, out in Laramie, one of our ordinary gales, I've seen boulders big as pumpkins. Boulders, really big rocks, like a rock that you can't pick up. I've seen boulders big as pumpkins, like during Halloween, the orange thing that we cut holes in and put a candle in, a jack-o'-lantern, pumpkin, flying through the air. Once, when the wind was blowing gravestones, so you go to a graveyard, the stones, you can call them tombstones or headstones, 
Once when the wind was blowing gravestones around and ripping water pipes out of the ground, so ripping, you can rip a piece of paper, but you can also rip a hole in something, rip something out, rip somebody a new... Once when the wind was blowing gravestones around and ripping water pipes out of the ground, an old Chinaman, so an Asian person, but this is in the 1800s, so they said stuff like that. An old Chinaman with spectacles, glasses, on his nose was observed, seen, was seen, in the eastern part of the town, seated on a knoll. A knoll is like a small hill. Calmly flying his kite. Okay, sounds normal. But the kite was an iron shutter with a log chain for a tail. Iron's just a really heavy metal, like Iron Man. In chemistry, it's F-E, an iron shutter with a log chain for a tail. So what's a shutter? If you see windows and they have the two things next to them, on either side, when it gets really windy, you take the shutters and you shut them over the window so that nothing hits the window and breaks the glass. That's a shutter. And a log chain, so logs like wood, like a tree for a tail. So it's really heavy. Okay, so the next guy. That was quite windy, said a Boston man who had just returned from Nevada. Boston? is the capital of Massachusetts, and that's the state that I'm from. But he's on the other side of the United States in Nevada, near California. We had some wind out there. One day, as I was passing a hotel in Virginia City, the cap, or the top, the cap blew from one of the chimneys. Chimney, the brick thing on top of a building that lets smoke out. It was a circular piece of sheet iron. Again, iron, metal, painted black, slightly convex, so slightly convex, what's convex? Imagine Pac-Man, wow, 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 that Pac-Man, his mouth is not convex, it is concave, it's like a cave, you can go into it, convex is like his back, it's round, like an egg, so slightly convex, and the four supports were like legs, The wind carried it down the street, and it went straddling along like a living thing. Straddling is to sit or to walk, especially with your legs wide apart. Well, what was it? asked a member. Why, it turned out, it became apparent to turn out, it turned out to be a bed bug, bed bug, an insect that sucks your blood while you're sleeping. Really gross. Turned out to be a bed bug from the hotel, and by George, by George. I looked this up, and by George is a substitute for saying something like, by God. They didn't want to say God, so they say, by George. You can say, gosh. This is called a euphemism, when you don't want to use a word because it's too harsh, so you substitute it, you change it with another word. Like, instead of saying somebody is unemployed... You could say they are between jobs. That would be a euphemism. I never saw anything like it. Then he added, outside of Boston. This outside of Boston remark 
is him saying that he has seen it before, but only in Boston. Okay, cool. So the Boston man is done, and now comes the last man. You have seen some strong winds, gentlemen, observed Eli Perkins. Observed, so he noticed. Observed. But I have seen some frisky zephyrs myself. Frisky, full of life energy. As tonight is the 22nd of February, the birthday of the patron saint of the Hatchet Club, I will tell you about them. So a patron saint is a religious thing, often in Catholicism, and they protect a person, a society, a church, or a place. And they're dedicated to that one place. I looked up some interesting ones. So there's Saint Agitor, and uh, they're the patron saint of swimmers and those at danger from drowning. There's Saint Balthazar, patron saint of playing card manufacturers. There's Saint Columbanus, patron saint of motorcyclists. Saint Drago, patron saint of unattractive people. Saint Lidvina, or Lidwina, is the patron saint of ice skaters. Pretty interesting. So, the Hatchet Club has its own patron saint. Once out in Kansas, they told me the wind blew a cook stove 80 miles, 80 miles, 130 kilometers, 80 miles, and came back the next day and got the griddles. So the stove was really heavy. Back in these days, it was made from cast iron. It was probably over 500 pounds, so like 250 kilograms. So that's where the exaggeration comes from. That's the tall tale. A reporter of the Kansas City paper was standing out in the street looking at the stove as it floated away. When the wind caught him in the mouth and turned him completely wrong side out. So <laughs> this is a little disturbing to imagine, but it turned his whole body. So it took his outside, his skin, and it put it on the inside. That's how strong the wind was. In Topeka, continued Mr. Perkins, post holes were ripped out of the ground. Ripped, again. Post holes were ripped out of the ground and carried 20 miles. And careless citizens, careless, they are showing no care. Careless citizens who ventured, who went out into, ventured, like adventure, who ventured out were blown right up against brick walls and flattened out as thin as wafers. Wafers like a cracker. Yes, thousands of citizens, continued Eli, were thus frescoed onto the dead walls of Topeka. Fresco is like plaster. The next day, after the wind subsided, went down, Deacon Thompson went around with a spade, a spade like a shovel, and peeled off a wagon load of citizens, and... What did he do with them? Gasped the members of the club. Gasp. <gasps> That's a gasp. Why, gentlemen, if I remember rightly, he shipped them to Texas and sold them for circus posters and liver pads. Liver pads were a pad you would wear over your skin, over the liver, 
and it was supposed to be a medical treatment. I'd never heard of one until just today. All right, so that's all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and learned something. If you'd like to reach out with a question, comment, or suggestion, please feel free. You can email me at americanismspodcast at gmail.com, or you can message me on Instagram at americanismspodcast. I'd love to hear from you.